Mike, I want you to sit back and close your eyes. No, nah, I don't want to do it. What are you up to? I don't want to do this. Just do it. Okay. I want you to imagine a lake in your mind's eye. Take a moment and tell me what you see. A nice park, some green grass, some trees, maybe some little ducks swimming atop the blue water. Oh, look, it's a dolphin fin. Must be our good old friend. Like, this is the kind of stuff that I imagine. <laughs> I don't think Tuffy lives in a lake. You don't know him. You don't know him. That all sounds fine, except for the, the dolphin thing. But today we're talking about pink lakes, not blue ones. Do they affect the ducks or the, the ducks okay? For the sake of the story, let's just say yes. What have you done to the ducks? <laughs> is this about ducks? Like, what is... Is it Duck Death episode? Is that what we're doing? This is not DuckTales. It's ingenious. Different show. Pink Lakes. Uh, you might want to get something out to write on. Dear listener, I have some, some definitions to share with you. Are you ready, Mike? Yeah. Pink Lakes are lakes, but their water is pink. That's it. That's the definition. I hope our listeners appreciated your TED Talk on that one. Um, I know I did, so thank you for sharing that. Well, I have a course you can sign up for to learn more. <laughs> a low, low price. That's right. $200 a month. All right, so uh, silliness aside, this is actually a very interesting phenomenon. We're going to talk about four specific examples, but on the whole, lakes with pink water are usually colored that way by either algae or bacteria in the water. We'll get into each of the four examples, uh, but high salt content is a common trait of these lakes, making a lovely home for things like the Dunny, wait, Dunaliella, Dunaliella Salina, which are two words that Stephen made me read because he knew that he would completely fail harder than my failure. So we're just going to call these uh, Dunny salts. Love those yep. guys. Love those little algae guys. I want to give it one more go, though. Okay. Dunaliella Salina. I mean, how am I supposed to know? That sounded great. <laughs> yeah. So what I do is I, I copy and paste these words mm -hmm. into Google and say pronounce and then find YouTube videos that pronounce these things. That's how I do it. It's a good life hack. Mm -hmm. Do you have a course you can sign up for? For $250 a month, <laughs> ah! I can teach you the pronunciations. Anyways, Dunny Salt, the algae, they have high concentrations of beta carotene, the stuff that helps make carrots orange. This pigment helps them absorb light or create energy to live on. As such, they give the water a pink or red tint depending on their concentration in the water. Yes, tiny organisms are super weird. You may think that Dunny Salt, or the real word Dunaliella Salina, is weird, but it was named after Michel Félix Dunal, who's who first recognized the red color of certain salt lakes in France, and this was due to an organism. He was the person that understood that and discovered that, that it was... What a superstar. ...that maybe somebody put food color in, in there or whatever. Like it was... <laughs> It's like a prank. There are many pink bodies of water around the world, um, but we're going to talk about a couple more today. Up first is Lake Hillia, a salt body of water, which is 2,000 feet long and about 820 feet wide, on the edge of Middle Island off the coast of Western Australia. This lake is surrounded by heavy forest with a narrow strip of woodland separating it from the ocean. It was discovered in 1802 by explorer Matthew Flinder, who noted the lake's salt content was so high that salt could be easily collected by simply taking water out of the lake, letting it dry out in the sun, leaving salt behind for easy collection. I assume that this is just more than regular water, right? Because I guess you could do that with all salt water if you had enough of it, but right? Yeah, but it's so high, it's like super easy to do. I like when you say that because it's like you're, you're criticizing the lake, you know. 
your salt water so high in anyway during the late 19th century salt mining took salty. place wow. at the lake but the operation failed due to the remote location and reports that the salt could prove toxic in fact the only life in the water is microorganisms Oddly enough, the lake doesn't seem to harm humans who travel to swim in it. It's not like you put your foot in it and you pull it out and your foot's just a skeleton, right? Like a piranha. Doing so, however, getting in the lake does require permission from the Western Australia Department of Environment Conservation. And the lake's location makes it very difficult to get to anyways, except by air. So the only regular visitors to the Pink Lake see it from the seats on small tourist planes or an occasional cruise. Let's take a break before we talk about, yes, three more lakes. While you're listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website has gone down? Would you know if your customers couldn't click that buy now button or access your content? You might stumble across the problem by luck, but that's no good. You need a system. You need a system that is telling you that everything is running smoothly on your site, and most importantly, when it's not. And that system, my friends, is Pingdom. It detects over 13 million website outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages a day. Pingdom helps keep your site and the sites you love online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company or podcast network like us. You need alerts about any critical website issues. Pingdom lets you customize how you're alerted depending on the severity of the outage. Plus, they'll track and analyze your website's load time so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a website of any size, you need Pingdom, and they have a no-fuss approach to getting started. This is great. All you do is give them your URL, the URL you want to monitor, and they just take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code UNGENIUS at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from Solar Winds for their support of this show and Relay FM. Mike, did you notice I put Pingdom in the uh, the Relay Slack? Now we have a little bot telling us when the site's down. That's fantastic. I did note that. Thank you. It has little red lights and green lights when it's up and down. It's, it's great. So let's talk about Lake Retba in northwest Africa's country of Senegal. Like Lake Hillier, it has a very high salt content and is home to our algae friends. Is it algae or algae? Al- algae. Just like a gif and jif type thing? Sure. See, I think I would say algae. Lake Retba is very close to the Atlantic Ocean, and its color changes over the course of a year with the rainy season diluting the lake and its hue. Like Lake Hillier, the lake sought as a result of its close proximity to the ocean. But unlike Lake Hillier, Lake Redbur is actively worked over by salt collectors. Some 3,000 workers gather every day using shea butter to protect their skin as they stand in the water for six to seven hours at a time. There are some fish in this lake, but they're only about 25% the size of specimens found in nearby freshwater lakes. They're little fish. Also, if Tuffy fell in this lake, would he be 25% the size of a regular dolphin? (laughs) What would that look like? (laughs) He finally would have achieved his final form. You have a lap dolphin. (laughs) That'd be amazing. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is the best. Tiny dolphin. You could just, like, put in a little bowl, take him around. Oh, my God. A third lake isn't a lake, but a lagoon in Western Australia named Hut Lagoon. It's a 9 by 1.4 mile area just north of the mouth of the Hutt River, 
where it feeds into the ocean. Most of it sits below sea level, making it an easy collection point of both river and seawater in the area. Hut Lagoon has a long history of industry, as it is home to the world's largest microalgae production plant. This plant is a 620-acre series of artificial ponds designed to farm our dunny salt algae friends. Some of its work is seasonal, as for some time of the year, the lagoon is dried and just exposed salt beds during droughts, exposing salt for collection several months of the year, though, which I guess is useful. Yeah, you just walk out there and pick it up. Yep. My salt now. Yeah, my salt. If you're attacked for that, it's an assault. <clears throat> Our last lake is named, rather obviously, Pink Lake. Uh, it can be found in Victoria, Australia. A very literal people, the Australians. Not big on analogies. No, they... If you, Okay, so we have a lagoon next to the Hutt River. What do we call it? Uh, Hutt Lagoon. This lake's pink. What do we call it? Pink Lake. Pink Lake. This is a small circular pink lake that was discovered back in 1836 by explorer Thomas Mitchell. Despite all of our talk about algae earlier, recent research suggests Pink Lake's Pink Lake water is caused by bacteria in the pink water, making it pink in Pink Lake. It must be pink bacteria. I would assume so. Starting in the 1860s, salt was harvested from the lake for 110 years. But after a long break, it began again in 2009, with some 20 tons of salt being extracted on a yearly basis. There's something funny to me about measuring things as tiny as salt crystals in measurements as large as tons. Like, how many mm. salt crystals does it take to make a ton? Someone write us and tell us. It's either, either tiny things or light things, like a ton of feathers. You know? Yeah, that's a very funny thing to me. Yeah, I would like to see a scale. Like, how big is a ton of salt? So you're out there and you're a salt specialist, so let us know. Mm -hmm. I thank George for sending this in. This is really interesting. I was telling my wife that we were recording this, and she knew about this. She was like, oh, yeah, there are a bunch of in Australia, right? I don't know how she knew, but... Maybe she pretends to be George on the internet. That would raise a lot of questions. <laughs> if you want to read more about Pink Lakes, we have a bunch of links over in the show notes. This week, they are at relay.fm slash ungenius slash 102. While you're there, you can sign up to become a member to support the show directly. Thank you so much to those of you who have signed up. We really appreciate that. You can send us a link via email with your favorite weird Wikipedia article, and it'll go on our list to be covered here on Ungenius. And of course, you can do that on Twitter. The show can be found at Ungenius. You can find Mike there as I-M-Y-K-E, and you can find me on Twitter as I-S-M-H. And until our next salty adventure, Mike, say goodbye. Goodbye. Adios.